It's time now for North Star Sports, your source for the hottest sports takes in the business. Here's your host, Owen Ely. Hello, everybody, and welcome to North Star Sports. I'm your host, Owen Ely. You can follow me on Twitter at Owen Ely MN. You also can follow North Star Sports on Twitter at North Star MIN. Be sure to check out our website at NorthStarsports.media. And welcome into the show, everyone. we got a great one for you today here on this Saturday, March 27th, as we look to preview UFC 260, Miocic versus Nganu 2. And it's great to be back with you guys, uh, doing the show a little bit later than normal, uh, although we have had some pretty uh, close calls when it comes to, uh, you know, just getting the preview show out right before the... Uh, event starts but you know better late than never and uh, we've never missed a show so uh you know that's that's uh that's fun but uh yeah should be a great one obviously a major pay-per-view uh took a little bit of a hit with some of the fights that have fallen off which we'll uh, get to in just a second but you know it's also the main card showdown march world grand prix finals and uh you know just a a big saturday in the realm of mixed martial arts um with that i want to keep this show a little brief obviously it's only a 10 fight pay-per-view so we'll probably blow right through this um but yeah no should be should be great so with that we'll get right into the prelim opener the early prelim opener and it's going to be a middleweight bout here between abu zaitar and mark andre barrio Zaitar is 14-2-1. Barrio is 11-4. I don't believe I have the odds for this one, but that's fine. You know, odds really don't mean uh, a whole lot. We don't need we don't need the odds. You can look them up yourself. Um, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm probably going to have to go with uh, Zaitar on this one. He's a little short for middleweight, but I've just been thoroughly unimpressed with Marc-Andre Barrio. Uh, Abu's going to have uh, the reach advantage, surprisingly, but... You know, I remember probably like two years ago, because uh, the power bar uh, ha- has been here for a little bit, but I remember looking up like some prospect list, and I'm sure, it, you know, it's not like it was from ESPN, you know, it could have been the Walter football, probably was the Walter football of MMA, but either way, it, you know, perspectives are interesting, but I remember seeing that this this guy was the number one prospect, however the, however the fuck you want to define that, uh, outside of the UFC at the time. And, uh, you know, I started to uh, take notice of the guy and then, you know, thought it was interesting when he got uh, signed to the UFC. I mean, apparently he's he's done a lot of damage up there with some of the regional Canadian promotions. And uh, this guy's just not that good. He's really bad, really bad. So I don't really know anything about uh, Azaitar, but I, I know a little something about Marc-Andre Barrio, and I, I don't think he's a good fighter. Uh, lost his first three UFC appearances to uh, Andrew Sanchez, uh, Christoph Jotko and Jun Young Park and then he got a win over Oscar Pihota but it's a no contest so don't really know what that is about um, it definitely was a win at the time so maybe he failed a drug test or something uh, in fact I'm, I'm almost I'm almost certain that's what uh, happened but yeah just an he's, he's not a good fighter so we'll go uh, a Zaitar on this one for not really in any uh, profound reasons. It's just, uh, you know, I've, I've, I've watched Marc-Andre fight. All right, we're going to move on from the uh, one-fight early prelim, which I think is interesting. Why not just 
fucking edit to the regular prelims, but the regular prelim opener is going to be in the featherweight division between Shane Young and Omar Morales. Young is 13-5, and five, Morales 10-1. and one. Uh, Neither of these fighters are ranked. Um, shoot, I could have swore I had the, the odds for some of these, but uh, that's fine. Uh, yeah, no, it should be, a, should be a, a pretty decent one. Both these fighters kind of flying uh, under the radar. Um, Shane Young... Uh, you know, he, he's brung it in a couple of, of his, uh, his last fights, but, uh, you know, did not have a, la- a, a good last outing against, uh, Ludovic Klein got knocked out in 76 seconds. Uh, I believe he trains over at, uh, City Kickboxing and, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. You, you're just trying to find the happy medium with, with Shane Young. Um, you know, Klein, obviously we don't know a whole lot about him, uh, because I think that, uh, I don't think he's fought since. Uh, that performance back in September, but uh, he made his UFC debut against Volkanovski, so he's two and two in the UFC, and then his two wins are against uh, Rolando D, uh, one of the worst UFC fighters in in modern UFC history, and Austin Arnett. So I don't know. We know where his ceiling is for now, and uh, you know we we know that he belongs in the UFC because he can rack up a couple of wins. So. Uh, th- this one seems to be right in the middle. I don't think Morales is the next Volkanovski, but I do think he's better than a Rolando D. Uh, he's going to be the taller fighter. Reaches uh, are going to be uh, somewhat similar. And kind of an interesting guy because um, I guess you would classify him as a prospect, but he is 35. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure he's going to want to, you know, get moving here real quick because uh, time is running out for him. Lost his last fight out against Giga Chikadze. Uh, very good fighter. Had a win over uh, Gabriel Benitez. Uh, I remember that one. Benitez is a fine fighter. So um, I don't know, man. This this is tough because I, I I do like the X factor of Young training over at City Kickboxing. Hmm. Yeah, that's a tough one. It re- really, it's a coin flip for me. I, I would love to know what the odds have to say about this one. I'm going to go with Shane Young on this one. I, I just like City Kickboxing. Uh, he, is, he is an exciting fighter, uh, but really, it, it is a coin flip for me. All right, we're going to move on here on the prelims to a light heavyweight bout between two very interesting names. I'll try not to butcher them. Modestas Bukowskis and Mikhail Olejechuk. Uh Modestas is 11-3. Mikhail is 14-4. and four. Um... There's a lot to like about both of these fighters, and, and really there is a lot of uh, similarities where they're both they're both uh, younger fighters. Uh, in, in in their uh, you know, well I think Bukowskis is fucking uh, 27. Okay, I thought he was a little a little bit younger, but uh, both of these fighters have had good performances in the UFC. Just trying to find some footing here. I think it's very appropriate matchmaking between these two. Both of these fighters very very capable of getting the knockout. Average fight time for uh, Modescus is uh, 3 minutes and 31 seconds. Mikhail Olajechuk, a little more than a round. Um, obviously, uh, only two fights there for uh, Bukowskis, but uh, quite the start to his career. So he made his debut back on Fight Island, where he had that performance against, uh, uh, I guess they classified as a retirement, uh, against Andreas Mikolidis. And that was where, I forget what he hurt him with. I want to say it was an elbow. And that was the fight where Mikolidis, they opened 
So he he kind of fell down, end of the round stopped. His back was to the cage, but it was to the cage door, and somebody opened the cage door, you know, as everybody comes in, the cut men and, and, and all that come in, and he falls through the cage door, uh, still on that little platform, not, you know, off onto the fucking concrete like Roy Jones Jr., and uh, they called it off. They called the fight off because they thought he was uh, a little too wobbly, but really the cage door just opened. I really do think... I mean, he could have continued, but, you know, he, he could have Thomas Gifforded, Gifforded himself, you know, and just got flat-out KO'd. Uh, so I, I, I don't I don't disagree with the fight stopping. It's just the, the, the stoppage was a little uh, little weird. But uh, and, and then he comes back uh, a couple of months later and gets knocked out in fucking brutal fashion by Jimmy Crute. And, uh, you know, that's that's certainly a tough matchup there. Uh, he got he got rocked. That finishing sequence is a is a thing of beauty for for uh, old Jimmy Crute. That guy is fucking legit, and he like I've said this for a couple of shows in a row, but he is going to fuck up Anthony Smith. I'm just telling you right now, bet the fucking farm on Jimmy Crute beating Anthony Smith. But uh, yeah, that finishing sequence was just fucking br- brilliant, and just you know knocked him back into the cage. And then for uh, Mikhail Olajechuk. Uh, he's only 26, so he's actually a year younger than Modestus, and uh, he, in his last performance, got choked out by Jimmy Crute. Now, that was over a year ago, about 13 months ago, and then before that, he had a fight with uh, Ovin St. Pru, where he got choked out. So, two really tough fighters. Does have a win over John Volante, which says a lot to me. I know I know John Volante is not a top fighter in the UFC, but you look at how he fought Maurice Green, you look at, you know... He, He's a tough out. He's going to lose a lot of fights, but he's a tough out. So uh, he has some nice performances. There's a no contest here against Khalil Roundtree. Now, I can't remember uh, because that was back in 2017. I can't remember if he won that or if he lost that or what the deal is with that no contest. But he also has a 44-second knockout of Gadzimur at Antigulov. So th- this this fight is maybe closer than some people would think. I, I just got to find the odds uh, for, for some of these fights. Um which uh, I'll try to pull up as I'm talking here because I uh, don't have a producer. But, I, you know, I am going to go with Bukowskis. I think that they're both very dangerous fighters. I would not expect this fight to go uh, very long, but I, I do think it'll be a little closer than than you might think. And, uh, yeah, so they're at Odds Shark, which is the only place that I use for odds, so please fucking sponsor me. Uh, they're going to have Mikhail Olachechuk as the minus 170 favorite. Yeah, I mean... I, I can't disagree. He's got he's got the longer UFC pedigree, but I I don't know, man. And see, that's the thing for me. I mean, I've never bet a fucking legitimate dollar, you know, at any of these places because Minnesota's you know antiquated when it comes to uh, sports betting. But I would never like if it was if it was Bukowskis. Actually, no shit. I'm I'm a fucking idiot with these odds. So I would bet Bukowskis as the underdog. Um, I don't know. I would never bet on the favorite for any fight unless it was John Jones or anything like that. I know that hardcore bettors, you know, are just looking to bet money uh, any way they can. But uh, I don't know. I, you know what? I, I would I would like those odds on Bukowskis as as the underdog. Um, and then both of those guys. You know, they're not. Both of those fighters are not ranked, but. Um, they're probably right on the doorstep, on the doorstep. I mean, the light heavyweight division is is getting deeper and deeper uh, over the last you know year, year and a half. But they're they're not too far off, to be honest. 
Alright, we're going to move on here to the welterweight division where we'll have a battle here between Jared Gooden and Abu Bakar Nurmagomedov. Gooden is 17-5, and five, Nurmagomedov 15-3-1. and one. Uh, I always uh, confuse Jared Gooden with uh, Jared Gordon, but uh, they are not the same person, in fact. Um, Nurmagomedov is going to be the minus 240 favorite here. And... Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm interested in this fight because, to be honest, I don't really know a whole lot about either of these fighters. I have seen uh, Gooden fight a couple of times. Nothing really uh, uh, commits to my memory, uh, except for his last fight, which was a loss to Alan Joban. Um, real sloppy fight. Real sloppy fight. Uh, but he did ha- he did have Alan Joban hurt a couple of times. Maybe he could have put him, a- put him away, but that was just a really, really sloppy fight. That's probably one of the last fights we'll see of Alan Joban. Uh, as he gets up there in age, but uh, yeah, I I don't know, I don't know, and I I probably think Nurmagomedov, he's you know he's more of an unknown uh, commodity, but he's probably a better fighter than than Joban. So you know this is a tough one for Gooden, and Nurmagomedov looks exactly like ah oh, what's his name, Khabib's dad who died, I forget his name, oh, Abdul Manap. His face just looks exactly like Abdul Manap. Uh, that is just uncanny. Uh, Gooden, he is going to have the uh, pretty significant reach advantage here of five inches, only an inch taller. Both these guys, when you look at how they win fights, are pretty well-rounded. And, uh, yeah, I've never seen this before. So this is just through one fight because he made his debut against Joban, uh, which probably explains why I only can remember one fight from him. Uh, he lands 6.6 significant strikes per minute and absorbs 11.2 now again very small sample size one fight but jesus christ that's a lot that's a fucking lot and uh, abu bakar only absorbs 0.71 so that's probably the highest differential you'll you'll ever see in a ufc fight again uh, abu bakar only has one ufc fight as well so you know very small sample size here but you know that's that's fucking hilarious but you know I gotta go with the Nurmagomedov. It's pretty fucking hard not to go with the guy who trains with Khabib. Again, uh, you know, he did lose his debut against David Zawada. Um, you know, only one win in his last four fights. But again, I, I don't think Jared Gooden is some, you know, crazy prospect here either. So, uh, I'll pick Nurmagomedov and um, we'll go decision because he, he had a lot of fucking decisions over in the World Series of Fighting. All right, we're going to move on here to the prelim headliner. It's going to be in the 205-pound division between Alonzo Menafield and Fabio Charant. Menafield is 9-2, and Charant is 7-1. and uh, We'll take a look. I'll see, I'll see if they have the odds here. They do. Uh, Menafield's going to be the minus 310 favorite. The only reason I say that is because this was a late-notice fight for Fabio. Uh, I want to say four, four days' notice. Uh, he initially missed weight. I don't know if he came back and made weight, um, but either way, irrelevant. The fight is uh, still on, and I guess now is as good of a time as ever to talk about uh, some of the fight cancellations because uh, initially this was supposed to be a fight between Menafield and William Knight, and that would have been a fucking banger. I mean, probably the two most jacked guys in all of the UFC. I mean, just two short, stout fucking muscly fighters knockout artists 
uh, that would have been, that, that could have been an all-timer. I mean, I don't want to talk it up too much, but I mean, Jesus, I mean, the power those two possess. Um, so that's very unfortunate that uh, that fight fell out with William Knight. Um, just some other fights of note. Uh, we had uh, Ivanov and Chibura. Uh, well, Ivanov pulled out of a fight with uh, Marcin Tabura, two ranked heavyweights. Both of them, uh, well, Tabura, you know, on the up and up. I think he's on a four-fight winning streak, and then Ivanov just kind of mucking about, as uh, the Brits would say. Uh, Penny and Goldie uh, are out. Don't really care about that one. Randa Marcos and Luana Pinheiro. Uh, absolutely don't care about that one. The big one was Volkanovski testing positive for COVID and having to pull out against Brian Ortega. Uh, you know, the card took a real big hit when that happened because this, you know, this is not the most stacked card of all time. There's a lot of good fights on here. It'll be, it'll be a very fun pay-per-view. Uh, and, and the prelims, yeah, you know, fuck the prelims, prelims are good too. It's a good pay-per-view, but you know, with those two championship fights, fuck me. I mean, they, they, that would have just continued the trend of some of these pay-per-views just being fucking loaded. And, um, you know, that's tough. I mean, you guys know my opinion. I don't think Ortega should have got a title fight off of a three-year fucking layoff and one win over, like, the number six guy in the Korean Zombie. So, uh, I guess they're committed to doing that. I think it's stupid, but uh, whatever. And then, um, this one's been off for a while. I think this was canceled, like, a couple of months ago, which is why Jimmy Crute's fighting uh, Lionheart Smith. But he was supposed to fight Johnny Walker, and that would have been... I, I, I get Johnny Walker's kind of settled down a little bit and is not exactly the crazy guy he was when he first came to the UFC, but that would have been a fucking real fun one to watch. Uh, but yeah, that one that one falls out. But getting back to this uh, light heavyweight fight here, still should good still should be a good fight. You know, I love the preview shows that the that the UFC has been doing with uh, Dan Helly and and uh, Michael Chiesa, uh, top notch stuff, and apparently. Uh, Fabio Charant, he was a uh, champ over in, um, ah, shit, where was it? The LFA. And, you know, the LFA is a legitimate breeding ground, so obviously I'm, I'm going to pick Alonzo Menafield here. I think that, uh, you know, there are some definite shortcomings with Menafield, most notably his, his wrestling and cardio. Uh, not very good. Definitely got exposed in that fight with Devin Clark, uh, you know, with regards to both of those uh, fields. Um, and I, you know, I don't know a whole lot about Charant because he's coming over uh, from the LFA. Now he did fight on the Contender Series against Alexa Kamer and got knocked out uh, with a flying knee. So you know, he the UFC probably has had their their eye on him for uh, for a while, at least a year, year and a half. So it's 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 not like they're pulling up some bum, but this is a pretty tall task, uh, you know, because. Menafield is just uh, one fight removed from fighting OSP, and you know the U- the UFC loves OSP. I mean, they'll you know any prospect they like, they're gonna put against OSP and see if they can they can pull one on them. But uh, you know, I think I think Menafield gets it done. I think he probably knocks him out in in round number one, and if it goes to round two, anything beyond that, I'm probably going to Fabio Tarant because that means that Men- you know Menafield has four and a half minutes to get this done, and uh, for all for all of his wins, he's been able to do that. But uh, you know, just a special, just a, a specimen. I think I'll get the win. All right, we're gonna move on here to the main card opener between Jamie Malarkey and Kama Worthy. Malarkey is twelve and four. Worthy sixteen and seven. Uh, we look at the odds here. Kama Worthy is the minus one twenty-five favorite here. I think that's 
that's a little bit interesting. I was definitely leaning towards uh, comma worthy, uh, but then the more the more I started to research it, I don't know, man. The the more I, I want to pick Jamie Malarkey. Uh, he is 0-2 in the UFC, but one of those is a loss to Brad Riddell, which you know it's pretty tough. And then kind of a whack loss there to Faris Ziam. Uh, I'm sure I'm butchering that. Uh, never heard of that guy, but uh, kind of put it on uh, Malarkey. But uh, you know, comma worthy. What a, what a start to his UFC career. I mean, he was the minus 1100 underdog. I want to say against uh, Devonta Smith, knocks him out, chokes out Luis Pena, but then just kind of gets fucking murked by Otman Azaitar. Uh. I don't know, man. I, I, I like rooting for the guy, but every single time I've picked on a comma-worthy fight, I've been wrong. Um, because I, I bet against him on the first two, and I was wrong, and I bet for him on the, on the third fight, the Atman Azaitar fight, and I was wrong. So I wanted to pick Malarkey, so I'm going to pick comma-worthy because I would have picked against him, so now I'm picking for him. So... I don't know if I just double jinxed myself or if I'm just working my way around a, a single, a singular jinx, but I'm, I'm gonna go comma worthy. I don't know. I mean, he's his, his record's not pretty, doesn't really mean anything, and he's proved that in his first two fights. I think he probably rebounds here. Good power, good on the ground, and um, haven't really seen a whole lot from Malarkey to like in the UFC. All right, we're gonna move on here. Uh, to a women's flyweight fight between Jillian Robertson and Miranda Maverick. Robertson nine and five, Maverick eight and two. Miranda Maverick is the minus one sixty five favorite. Uh, we'll pull up the North Star Sports rankings, and we will see that Jillian Robertson is ranked at number thirteen at flyweight. So a good opportunity here for Miranda Maverick uh, in her uh, sophomore effort. Um. People are really, really high, really high on Miranda Maverick, and I'm really high on uh, on Jillian Robertson. But I mean, some of her performances uh, have just left a lot to desire. Uh, she's very, very good on the ground. In fact, I have a pretty extensive scouting report on here that, that I want to pull up here. I mean, extensive for me. I mean, you know, it's a couple of sentences. But when you're trying to keep track of the entire UFC and trying to trying to scout all that, you know. I don't know. It's a lot harder than I thought. Uh, I'm a little behind on my scouting because I try to update my scouting every time somebody fights, but I've kind of been slacking a little bit, uh, you know, because the mailman's got a lot of responsibilities he's got to take care of. But uh, yeah, Robertson, fucking elite on the ground. I thought she was a legitimate title threat uh, in the coming years. I think she still might be. I mean, you're in a pretty uh, weak division, but it is it is growing fast. It's probably the fastest growing division in the UFC, but it's just, man, some of these, some of these fights, man, that Talia Santos fight was just, I don't know, man, maybe Santos is the real fucking deal, but it's just, she got out grappled on the ground and she does not have a plan B if grappling doesn't work. Her striking is, I don't want to say real bad, but it's bad, man. It's, she's got a good motor. She never gives up, but it's just, if she can't take you down and do what she wants to do, uh, you know, which is kind of the MO with, with wrestling, like you dictate where the fight takes place. If she can't dictate where the fight takes place, she's going to lose the fight. I mean, it's 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 as simple as that. She does take uh, a decent amount of damage. I wanted to pull up the UFC stats here when it comes to significant strikes. Uh, gets outlanded with significant strikes 
and uh, you know defense not not super great. Obviously very active on the ground. 46% takedown accuracy. Yeah, you know not terrible. Averages a submission attempt per 15 minutes. Um, but I, I am going to go Miranda Maverick on this one. Obviously the experience factor is just fucking heavy here for Jillian Robertson. Um, but. I don't know. It, it, it pains me to go against Jillian Robertson, but I, I am going to go Miranda Maverick on this one. Obviously, by unanimous decision, I never pick a fight to, to get finished if it's on the female side, unless it's, you know, a select few. All right, we're going to move on here. Uh, still on the main card, and this is the uh, the featured bout. The featured bout, number three. Uh, and it's going to be in the bantamweight division between Thomas Almeida and Sugar Sean O'Malley. Uh, Almeida is 22 and 4, O'Malley 12 and 1. Take a look at the odds here. They're going to have O'Malley as the minus 325 favorite. Um, yeah, neither of these fighters are ranked, so I don't have to look that up. Uh, yeah, an interesting, interesting fight. I mean, uh, you know. Uh, a derailed hype train against a forgotten hype train in Thomas Almeida. Thomas Almeida was fucking hot shit. Let's see here. Back in 2015. And, um, you know, I don't know. Hopefully, Sean O'Malley's staring at his future because I do not like Sean O'Malley. Uh, but, yeah, Al- Almeida, once he ran into that buzzsaw of Cody Garbrandt, things did not go good for him. He got a, a rebound win over uh, Albert Morales and then... Uh, you know, three straight losses in a row over the next four years over Jimmy Rivera, Rob Font, and Jonathan Martinez. So hasn't had a win in four and a half years. So I can see, I can see what the UFC's doing here. They're just trying to get the the human coloring book, Sean O'Malley, one of the dumbest fucking human beings alive. They're just trying to get him a rebound win. Uh, you know, because uh, he, he uh, you know he has sycophantic. Uh, Followers, so obviously they want to, you know, just cherry pick matchups for this guy and, and get him to the top uh, as quickly as they possible. Unfortunately for uh, O'Malley, uh, not that good of a fighter when it comes to uh, the top guys in this very deep bantamweight division. But uh, you know, whatever, he'll, he'll probably get it done here against Almeida because uh, again, we like to cherry pick matchup. Now this is boxing. Now this is boxing. Let's put him up. You know, we're not going to put Sean O'Malley against, you know, Nathaniel Wood or other guys, you know, just outside of the top 15. You know, we're not going to we're not going to do that. Uh, we're going to put him up against Thomas Almeida, who uh, hasn't won in uh, four and a half years. Uh, if this if Sean O'Malley, and we saw it with the Marlon Vera fight, you know, if O'Malley ever fought like a Marab Devalish wheelie, this dude would get fucking worked. He would get worked. Yeah, he's got power. OK, and he's got length. Good for him. Uh, his, his arms aren't even that long. He's just really tall, which is uh, statistically not an advantage when you look at uh, UFC fights. Reach is an, is an advantage statistically, but height, not really. Not really. Otherwise, you know, Sean Woodson and fucking Luis Pena would be world champions at this point. James James Vick would have, would have, would still be in the UFC if height mattered. Um, but yeah, I mean, Thomas Almeida, I don't know, man. He probably still has power, but uh, I don't know, man. I don't know. Sean O'Malley's going to win, probably in spectacular fashion, and then uh, maybe get a, a bump up in competition. But, uh, yeah, hand, hand-picked hand matchup here for uh, Sean O'Malley. The human coloring book, some of the worst tattoos you've ever seen in your entire life. 
All right, we'll move on here to the co-main event of the evening. It's going to be between Tyron Woodley and Vincente Luque. Woodley is 19-6-1, Luque 19-7-1. We'll take a look at the North Star Sports UFC rankings. And we have Woodley at number 8 and Luque at number 10. I want to say the UFC has Woodley at 7 and Luque maybe at 9. So they're a little higher on both of those guys, which just proves I'm not biased because I love those two fighters. I love Woodley's probably my favorite favorite fighter of all time in the welterweight division. Um, and uh, I like Luque a lot as well. So, you know, that's uh, that just proves I'm not biased. I don't have them uh, super highly ranked. And uh, this should this should be a good one. It, it should be a good one. Luke is going to be the minus two forty favorite. Uh, do I pick Woodley? I've picked Woodley in probably his last four fights, and uh, hasn't hasn't really gone his way. Hasn't really gone his way. Now the the thing I'm wondering is, is it kind of like Damian Maya? Where remember Damian Maya had that three fight losing streak, but it was against Woodley, Usman, and Covington. I mean, three champions, three of the best fighters, the three best fighters in that division. And then, you know, once he doesn't fight the top, top guys, he starts getting some wins. So is Woodley completely washed? I mean, he's been demolished. He's been destroyed. But it's been against the top guys. Luque is not a top guy. Okay, and I, I don't think I don't think Luque is ever going to become champ. Uh, he just takes way too much damage. He's a very, very fun fighter. I think he has staying power in this division. Uh, but I don't know, man. I, I think he's kind of capped off. I don't think he'll ever get in the, in the top five. Could be wrong. Been wrong before. But he doesn't really have that, that style and skill set conducive to, you know, being a legitimate contender. But a very, very fun fighter. And he will beat a lot of a lot of guys. Um, but it's just, I don't know, man. Once you step down in competition, I mean, you're talking probably about a tier three fighter here uh, with Luke. You know, you got your title contenders and... And, and, you know, Usman, Covington, Burns, Edwards, guys like that. And then in the next rung, you got your Kiesas, your Mayas, your Woodleys, your, your Wonder Boys. And then, you know, kind of that tier three. I don't know, man. I'm going to pick Woodley, which I know is fucking crazy. And I know he's been, he's probably lost uh, five, ten. He's lost his last 15 rounds. <laughs> there's no, there's no way around that. But it's just... I don't know, man. He's still fighting. He doesn't need money, so he's got to be fighting for something. Uh, you know what I mean? You're not afraid about losing. You've lost the last 15 rounds. Who gives a fuck if you lose the next another five? I just think he's the better fighter, man. I know he's 38. That's that's not great, man, but we're not talking about him being champion again, okay? He's never going to be champion again, but can he beat ranked opponents? I still think so. I still think so, and, you know, again... I, I, I could be wrong. I'm picking two fighters with completely different trajectories. Um, you know, obviously, Luke had the setback against Wonderboy Thompson, but he's won uh, eight of his last nine, knocked out Randy Brand, knocked out Nico Price. Nice win over Mike Perry. Probably the top five fight of all time against Brian Barberena. That's a fucking great fight. But it's just, I love Luke. I really do, man. And I've been singing his praise for a long time, you know, a lot longer than other people. But it's just, man, he's never... The only time he's ever fought someone like Woodley was Thompson, and he lost that one, lost every single round. Might have won, you know, might have been 49-46, but lost every round, uh, or, or damn near close to. 
So it's, I don't know, man, it's a big, it's a big step up in competition for Luke. It's a pretty moderate step down in competition for Woodley. I just think, you know, I don't know, man. I think the odds are a little off on that one. And I think Woodley gets it done, man. Woodley, like, I don't know, man. I guess you could get stuck in the trap of saying this for his last last three fights at the time. Obviously, now we know how good Kamaru is and we know how good, you know, uh, Burns is. So, you know, now it doesn't make sense. But, like, at the time, you would have said, like Woodley told Usman, like, where's Usman better? Woodley has the power, better power. Woodley's the better wrestler. He's the better striker. His cardio is better. You know, at the time, when you, when, you know, when you said that, after he just, you know, fucking destroyed Darren Taylor, you were right. But obviously it didn't play out that way. And obviously now we know, with hindsight, that uh, Usman's obviously the better fighter. But it's just, I don't know, man. Uh, they, they both got almost identical records, but it's just Woodley. Like, dude, he almost, he almost was a strike force champion, you know, if he, if he would have beat Nate Marquardt. So, like, this guy's been around for a long time. First time in a long time he's fighting a three-round fight so I think that probably is going to play to his benefit because he doesn't have to you know he he can just get at it man he doesn't have to worry about getting drowned in the fourth or fifth round there is, there is no championship round so I just think his his wrestling is better I'd say I'd say Luke is the tougher guy probably with a better chin but like when was the last time Woodley was was knocked out knocked out you know probably the, the, the Marquardt fight uh you know obviously he got finished against Covington but that's more of a rib injury um, that Covington caused, but y- you know what I mean? Like, Woodley's obviously a fucking very tough fighter. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? He survived against Burns. He survived against Usman. He almost survived against Covington. So he's a very, very tough fighter. So negligible. And it, just the power, the power that Woodley has, I think is better. And I, I just think he wins. He's not going up against a, a, a taller guy. You know, he... he, he I don't know. It's not like Usman or, or Burns or Covington are, are, you know, giants, but they are bigger than Woodley. Luke is a little closer to his size, and uh, I, I think he wins. I, I think it does go to a decision. I do not see him finishing Luke. Luke has only ever been finished once in his career. <coughs> uh, excuse me. So I don't think he finishes him, but I, I think he probably wins uh, a unanimous decision uh, over over Luke. Or fuck it, man. He's so good at you know. I don't think he, I don't think he finishes Luke by knocking him out. I, I guess he could submit him. He could submit him. I mean, if your arm breaks, your arm breaks. But uh, I, I, man, I'm going with Woodley on this one. I'm going with my boy. Again, tapering expectations, but I, I think Woodley gets it done. All right, moving on here to the main event of the evening. It's going to be for the heavyweight championship of the world between champion Stipe Miocic. And the predator Francis Ngannou, Miocic is 20 and three. Ngannou is 15 and three. We look at the odds. They're gonna have Ngannou as the minus 140 favorite. Uh, obviously, he's the number one contender uh, according to everybody's rankings. And uh, fuck me, man, we're right back where we were a couple of years ago. It's it's the better fight. It's the better fighter versus the great equalizer. And uh, I don't know, man. Like it's, it's kind of crazy, man. Because Ngannou has gotten better. I guess he's only fought like fucking four and a half minutes, you know, in his last four fights or something ridiculous. Obviously, he, you know, the 15 minutes against Derek Lewis. Just got to throw that out the window. 
Um, I, I don't even consider that when I when I talk about Nganu. That's just that's basically a no contest. Like I don't even fucking consider that one. That was just some weird mental shit. Um, so he's he's gotten better. He's basically doubled his MMA experience. You know, he had four years of MMA experience going into that first fight. Now it's three years later. Now he's now he's got seven. You know, you got to figure the growth when you're when you're that young in your career is going to be pretty significant. And uh, is it enough to beat Miocic? Fucking, I don't know, man. I don't know. Like it, it wasn't enough the first time, and I don't know what he he fixes to to land that uh, that big punch. But again, like it's so cliche. But it's like, yeah, man, if he lands, it only takes one. Now to, to Stipe's credit, he took a couple. He took a couple in that first fight. In that first round, he got fucking clocked. And that might have been enough to knock other people out. Maybe, maybe not. But um, I don't know, man. It's just, it's just, can Miocic be perfect? Can he be perfect? Because you got to figure Ngannou's striking has improved. Obviously, you got you to gotta figure that his ground game has improved. Um, but, it, but it's just like, it's a little over, like it, power's overblown when people talk about it for the most part. Like, you know, pick any other fighter. It's like, well, man, a lot of people. Dan Ige got a fucking KO, an eight-second KO, right? I, I guess twenty-two seconds, eight seconds, probably into the exchange against uh, what's his name, uh, Gavin Tucker. So like anybody could knock anybody out. Like it's it's more about precision and 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 accuracy. You know where you're putting your punches. But like when you talk about certain people, when you talk about Rumble Johnson, when you talk about Francis Ngannou, it's it's not just the overblown cliche that it normally is. And I don't know, man, again, like you, you kind of have to be perfect. Like it's kind of the Deontay Wilder effect. Like, I don't, I don't know. You know, like Miocic is going to have the better gas tank, but like, you know, you could be winning the fight midway through the third round and it still only takes one punch. Like you do have to be perfect for 25 minutes, which Miocic has kind of proven before, you know, like I said, even though he got hit, he obviously won the fight very, very, very convincingly, but it's like, fuck, man, like, <laughs> I don't know, like, that's, that's kind of like the enigma of, like, Francis Ngannou, because, like, it, like, look back at some of his performances, okay, like, the, the JDS fight, okay, it took 71 seconds, okay, I was there live, okay, not to brag about being at the infamous UFC Minneapolis card, but it's like, uh, like, look at the, uh, the Rosenstrike performance, okay, what the fuck do you make of that? What do you make of that? Just charges at him, knocks him out in 20 seconds, throws a windmill of four punches, misses the first three, knocks him out on the fourth, only took one shot. Like, what the... F- like, I guess Stipe could have taken him down, maybe, but, like, you gotta get you gotta get close. And it's like, I don't know, man, like, what do you make of that performance against Rosenstrike? How the fuck do you defend that? Like, I don't know, man, I'm sure there's something you could do, like, circle out or... Like, I don't know, like, I mean, you don't throw a leg kick when somebody's fucking bum-rushing you, I know that for a fucking fact, as, as Rosenstrike found out, but it's just like, okay, I, I think Nganu's a little more calculated, obviously still finishing fights very, very quickly over this streak, but it's like, I don't know, man, like, the, the first round of this fight is gonna be just as interesting as, as it was the last time, because it's just like, Man, it it seriously only takes one. And again, it's you know it's like the concu- uh, concussions and getting knocked out and stuff like that. You could get hit with a fucking freight train and continue going. You could be a Frankie Edgar. You could be, 
you could be whatever or sometimes you just get a little tap on the chin and you go out like it's the human body so fucking weird man so <laughs> i don't know i am gonna go with miocic just because we've seen this before but and not that miocic hasn't improved i'm sure he has but it's just i think in i think Ganu's probably closed the gap now the gap probably still exists we're gonna find out that's why we're you know we're fighting the fight but I think I think the gap has closed. You know, I think Ngannou has improved more than Miocic. Now, maybe Miocic was at such a high level before that, you know, it's not going to matter. But it's just, I don't know, man, this this is compelling. This is compelling. And, you know, if Ngannou stuffs the takedown or, or you know, fuck, I don't know, man. If, if, if he closes off the angle or, you know, whatever, it's just. I don't know. There's no better example of just like it only takes one shot. So I don't know. I'm tempted to go in Gano, but man, we, we've seen this before. Um, I just think Miocic is gonna win. Now the the real thing for me with picking Miocic is whether or not he wins by decision again, because you got to think Ngannou's cardio is a little better. But even with his uh, his his worsened cardio the first time, he still went five rounds, got dominated, but he still went five rounds. And, you know, I don't, I don't know, man. I mean, Miocic did finish Cormier, but I don't know. It's a bigger fighter. It's probably going to be a little harder to hit body shots, uh, you, you know, because you're not going up against a five foot eleven heavyweight. You don't have a fucking five inch uh, height advantage and a big reach advantage. So I don't know. I don't know. And Ngannou's never been, uh, or maybe he's been finished he lost to Zuma Cisse whatever that's so early in his fucking career who cares if it was a finish uh that was a second pro fight but I don't know I'm gonna go Miocic by decision I I it's it's possible he finishes him we've never seen it like we've never really seen Francis in trouble like Francis wasn't necessarily in trouble of getting you know or, or, or you know in being threatened with being finished against Miocic the first time and then the only other loss was to Lewis and you know, that was just a, a weird kind of throw-out fight. So I'm going to go Miocic by decision. I see why the odds are what they are. It's intriguing. But, you know, that's that's probably pretty decent money. Like, you're not going to get rich betting on Miocic here because he's only a slight underdog. But Miocic and underdog when he's the greatest heavyweight of all time and we've seen him, you know, kind of defeat the puzzle of Ngannou before. Uh, you, if you're a better, you got to love those fucking odds. I don't know who the hell is betting Ngannou minus 140 favorite. Um, so, yeah, I think Stipe's going to beat him. And then, uh, you know, he's, he's on to John Jones. On to John Jones. Now, the only interesting thing here is if Nganu wins. Because if Nganu wins, we have to do the trilogy. Right? Because Miocic is the greatest heavyweight of all time. He's defended the belt three times. Uh, obviously, you know, won the trilogy with Cormier. If he wins, they're one apiece. We have to get the rubber match. So that's that has very very interesting implications because John Jones has been putting on weight to fight at heavyweight. So it's not necessarily like he can just hop back down to light heavyweight because he's transitioning to the to the heavyweight body. Now maybe he could, but I, I would have to imagine it's a lot tougher. I don't think he's ever going to go back to light heavyweight. But again, in this scenario, if we get the trilogy, fuck, it might be another year. I mean, it was a year in between, you know some of those fights with with Miocic and Cormier and we'd have to do it so is John Jones just going to sit out for a year and then 
you know, there's going to have to be some time off after the next fight. So, you know, I don't want to slippery slope it, but Jones could be out for a while if the trilogy happens. And if it does, I mean, Miocic, you got to give that dude fucking credit. If he does a trilogy with Nganu and Cormier, I mean, Jesus Christ, six fights between those two fighters. That's fucking insane. But, um, you know, that's kind of the thing nobody's talking about is if Nganu wins, like we're going to another trilogy and uh, that's just going to hold up the heavyweight division once again, uh, you know, and, and create some very, very interesting times uh, in the heavyweight division, you know, with fucking Blades and Lewis and Cyril Gaon and all these fucking guys trying to get up to the title that's just been locked up the last three years. So, you know, I, I don't know, man. That would be kind of interesting if it happened. But, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to a Miocic and uh, John Jones fight. Or an Nganu-John Jones fight, I guess, if he wins the trilogy. Or if some shit happens, if Nganu... Or uh, if Miocic pulls out of the trilogy or whatever. Obviously, this is all fucking very speculative and down-the-road type of stuff. But, you know, hey, the, the future of the heavyweight division can go a couple of different interesting ways, you know, hinging off of, of this fight tonight. So... You know, I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be a fun one. This card uh, is awesome. Uh, we'll get we'll get the main card showdown squared away here uh, in just a little bit. But uh, yeah, with that again, you can follow me on Twitter at Owen Ely M N, North Star Sports at North Star M I N. Check out our website at NorthStarSports.media. And thanks for tuning in, everybody.